everybody, welcome to episode 209 of the Go Gorilla Filmcasters. So as for all things indie film, I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson 209. That's the episode we're on now. Um, now. Now. That's um, the episode so we're on now. We always say it's going to be a short one and it never is, but today it actually might because it's, it's hot in here. It's hot as a crotch outside. Yeah. It's not that hot in here. Hot. It's not that hot in here. It's just it's, it's going be. to be getting very gross. It's already pretty gross for yeah. for early morning, in case you didn't know, because we have our early morning voices. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. We're not going to let the heat get us down. Stop it. You know, it's, it's just it's just. I just starting. want everybody out there to know that he is nothing like this off air. This, uh, this plethora of upbeat positivity like he's not a negative nancy that's my job yeah uh but i don't know where all of this positive energy is off air well you gotta figure out where you hide that i store it all for this show i don't like that you know because i feel like if i was if i was always like this it would drive you crazy the everything you does that you do drive yeah, me true, crazy anyway that, why add one more thing like when you open list. up mail and then you just leave the envelope torn to pieces just right there on the counter yeah i gotta mark my territory that's uh, how i do it torn mail. noted like i nobody would ever not know that that wasn't you right just leave a trail of shit everywhere you go yeah gotta love it um so we have actually several guests now lined up um throughout the summer yay for you because you'll get a break from us you have like maybe like another another week of us uh of our nonsense and then i think you'll you, you might get a break we have some guests coming on we attended the peakskill film festival which we were not part of because we had no idea that it was even running yeah. <laughs> so uh unfortunately we did not submit to that um I wish that we had known. Yeah, right. Uh, but now that we know that they're there. Shame on their marketing department. Um, no. <laughs> well, well oh, no. also We're not just. shaming them? Okay, well, fine. also, we just don't, like, we just don't pay attention. Um, and. Yeah, it was. Okay. I knew, I knew that they existed, but for some reason just, like, didn't even, like, look them up. Mm-hmm. And so we missed it. But um, our friend uh, Petra was, had a film in there that, that she had starred in. So, um we decided to go and it was like, oh, well, this was a complete lost opportunity. We could have submitted and we didn't know that it was running. Yeah. So um, maybe next year we'll we'll have something yeah, to, sure. to shove in there. But we did make some uh, connections. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say I made some connections because you're like the worst. I'm terrible, but you're even worse than I am when it comes to like marketing yourself oh man it's uh, the, like it's like just... as soon it was as soon as it was over the problem was like so they, they brought the um the directors up on stage yeah and then like once it was over they all scattered so it's like you kind of had to grab who you wanted to grab before you lost them and then you just sat right like you sat down and just started talking to patron i'm like go grab another filmmaker and so one of the ones that i wanted to talk to had already left um, while I was talking to another. So luckily I was able to get his email and contact him and uh, he's uh, scheduled to be on. So that's good. Um, mm-hmm. But I was trying to network 
but it was difficult because, you know, you can only talk to one person at a time. I also do want to thank them for not letting the audience ask questions because that's always so awkward. It's like, especially no one ever does. Well, they like anybody got any questions and they do sometimes if something is like spectacular, people will want to ask questions for only that film, which then makes it awkward for every other film because everyone else isn't getting asked a question. But it's usually the film people trying to create questions because non-film people, they don't know what to ask a lot of the times, you know, so it's like, does anyone have questions like no, like who? No, I don't know. Like, what is yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is very bizarre. Then you have to uh, make one up. You're like, what would you shoot on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take? Yeah. Uh, is acting hard? Yeah. You know, you, you're doing your best to just fill that space and time. I've done that because I've been like, it's too silent. I have to ask a question. Nobody knows what to ask. And I'll just ask some mundane thing. Um but yeah, the, it, it was really interesting. Some really good documentaries. I loved. I I loved this documentary about the Shakers. Yeah. And Shaker furniture. Like I, uh, if you listen to the show, you know that I'm a I'm a sucker for a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, always something to learn there. And yeah, the Shaker really one was was definitely interesting. I had to, I had no idea. I knew the Quakers and I knew the Amish. Yeah. Um, I well, didn't know the Shakers were even a thing. I know Shaker furniture, so that's the only reason why I yeah. really knew. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I, I've heard that term before, but I yeah. guess I just assumed it was like a company or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or a style or something like that, you know. <laughs> the Shaker Company. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. It's not like the worst guess ever, but yeah, if you look into the history of the Shakers and just uh, with the, the uh, our current, they're very progressive. Yeah, but well, I'm ironic. saying like with our current Roe v. Wade situation, like it was pretty crazy to know that they, that this was sort of birthed, no pun intended or pun intended, from uh, one of the members like having miscarried so many times and being forced into being pregnant that she was like, hey, how about a religion where everyone's celibate? Yeah. Um. So it was very informative. But we're gonna talk more about the other documentary and another film that was on there. Um when they come on the show to talk to yeah. us. However, listen, this is always a learning experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say that there was there were a couple films where this happened, but one in particular where the audio was so fucking bad. Like, guys, please get your audio together. Like yeah. I I I for a second was like is it their fault? And then I'm like, no, because the other films don't sound like this. So this is this is pitched in such a way that you are blowing people's eardrums out. Yeah. Um. It first of all, like the story lost me. I, I didn't. I. Yeah. It wasn't. I'm just gonna be honest. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good. It wasn't a good story. But even if it was, I just I was sitting there with my one of my ears plugged. Because it hurt so bad yeah. when the character screamed the first time that I was just like anticipating another shout. Yeah. You never want people to have to close their ears when they're watching your films. Yeah. You don't want that. Um, and that will happen. I actually saw somebody else do that as well. So it's like you you really need to like, look, there there's a jumping point in learning for everybody. And so our first couple of stories are terrible. My stories were atrocious. Okay, so I'm not saying this like, oh, I just flew out of the womb storytelling. Like you learn, but you get that audio. Yeah, you've got like you have got. That's the thing. It was like the 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 cinematography was meh, but I can that that's like whatever. If it's a good story and the performances are good and I can hear it well without having to hurt yeah. my eardrums, like that's fine. I'll those those little 
idiosyncrasies and those little mistakes and, you know, a scene being blown out. It's unfortunate, but it's like, it's just kind of a mental note because we can't help it. I can love a story, but be like, oh, that's blown out. And I don't mean it as a criticism, but it's just yeah. my brain just goes like, that's blown out. Um, but again, if I'm watching something that is pulling me in, then none of those things are really very important. Like we're, we're independent filmmakers. Yeah. We get there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Um, but good grief. Like, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's audio is, is if you can make a film, right. And I know a lot of filmmakers, they don't, they don't tackle the technical side of it, but I feel like if you're on a, this level that we're on and, and below, it's like, I feel like you have to like really take audio probably more serious than your image, you know, because we can, like you were saying, we can forgive a blown out shot or, you know, some weird editing or, or whatever. If, if the audio is clean and clear, you know, it's mm -hmm. audio is so important. And then, you know, the performance performances of your actors is so important. You know, it's one of the things we talked about. Our friend happens to be an actor, but at the same time, you know, we were talking about how a lot of people view actors as indispensable or not dispensable. dispensable. Uh, which they should be indispensable, but um, and they'll just grab an actor here or there and get someone that'll work for free, and and usually they'll try to grab the most attractive one they can or whatever. But uh, but it's like they're they're getting a performance out of somebody can really save so much of a film, you know, if you don't have a great camera or if you don't, you know, um, I don't know, you don't have a great location or whatever even a great story sometimes, but if you have a good, if you can get a good performance out of your actor, and so much of that is in casting and, you know, maybe rehearsals and just how you, how you um, approach the actors with the story that you're trying to tell and, and, and the, 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 the arc that the character is going on and that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's so, so important. And I feel like it's, it's so often underlooked because everybody's so obsessed with getting a good looking image. And it's like, that's like half the battle, not even. Not even, it's yeah. It's like a quarter of the battle. It's just, um, it's rough. It's rough because it's like, you know, we, I especially, like when I, when we go to a film fest, this has been a long time. We haven't sat at a film fest and watched movies in years. Um, so it was pretty cool to be able to do that. Um, but I, I want everything to be good because I want to be able to get people on the show. You know, I want to be able to yeah. talk and network with yeah. other people. So it's always such a bummer when it's like, Oh, this is just like all around. Like I'm not getting anything from this. Yeah, you know, that's that's the interesting thing about films is that nobody, most people, I'm sure there's some, but nobody really ever goes into a film hoping that it's bad. I don't. You yeah, know? like I like look, so. It's I, you're I'm already critical... you're already one step ahead. Yeah. To start. I'm a critical person, so I guess people might assume like, oh, she just wants to go there to trash on things. I really don't. I want. Look, we paid money to sit here. You know, like to get these tickets. I want this to be good. Um, and I, I want to be able to have guests on the show. So I am always trying to find any little nugget that I can, even if something's not perfect, like was something else, did something else grab me? But with this particular film, it just, I, I thought the, you know, the, the actors needed a lot of work. I think they probably weren't very experienced and the story was not very good. The sound was terrible. And so it was just really hard to get into that. Yeah. And I think that it's it's tricky because you know how it's like people say, you know, 
you don't know that something isn't good if you haven't had something good, right? So it's like if you're used to if you if you're okay with this, then somebody giving you these these critiques just comes off as a criticism, just comes off as somebody being mean. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I I want there to be good independent filmmakers. Like yeah. that's I I don't I, I, it's not like a competition for especially I had no film in here so like, like you know it's it's and even then it's just like oh we're competing for best place it's like look it's just what people like it's subjective like if I win something great but I I never go I've never gone into a fest like yeah we're gonna win this like we better win this yeah. it's just I don't you know whatever that's how I um, go into them no you don't <laughs> fucking bastards these all suck pick us um anyway so it it was it was. It was really nice to be able to watch other people's stuff and uh, good. it was a good time and it was always, it's always good seeing Paige. We haven't seen her since we filmed Vital Signs. So. I mean, this is the first film festival we've been to in forever. I said years, yeah, like yeah. years. Because Mystic, we went for the and award still, ceremony, but yeah, we yeah. actually didn't go to the film festival because yeah. it was still pretty like deep into COVID. So, um, it's so it, it was so refreshing to kind of be in that environment again. And, and, and you know, I assume that COVID probably you know hurt the attendance i don't know what it was like for the rest of the blocks and stuff and it wasn't like there was nobody there there were certainly people there but i wonder there weren't many you know it's yeah it's like i wonder it's what it would have with... been like because it's a it's a beautiful location it's a great location they yeah got. it's a paramount and peak skills yeah. really cool theater so um, really really cool theater big screen a lot of seats i'd imagine i mean it know... was the pedestrian theater seats it's not the yeah Dolby we got cinema seats. we got so spoiled <laughs> like my tailbone yeah. My coccyx, if you will, yeah. was killing me because I'm. We've been so spoiled by like reclining seats that yeah. I was like, "What is the? What, how do you sit on these things? <laughs> these things are killing me." Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it was a really, it was, it was a really fun time, and hopefully, we'll be able to get something into into that fest. Will be accepted uh, maybe next year. Um, we're oh, also we waiting. We'll burn the place down. We're waiting. Like in a few days, we are due to hear back from I think the first film fest that we had yeah. submitted to. Um, but do you have poison ivy? I don't know. I have like, because my, my arm itches. Yeah, I think you touched the poison ivy that was behind the water hose out there that no, I had warned you about. No, I didn't touch it. Well, I mean, maybe, but I, don't, I, I think I cut you it might down. have. And then I touched your wrist, so now I probably you have it, it all over my hand. <sighs> I hate nature. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're just going to jump right into it. Let's just jump into it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Support your local film fest that isn't being shady. I don't know what their fees are since we didn't submit. Yeah, I don't um, know their their story. They seemed pretty. They seemed pretty cool, yeah. hopefully. They're, they're, they're one of the minority that are, like, actually in it for the films. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of the, I think one of the guys who's, I don't know what he was, but he works in posts. So yeah. he's not, like, just some random person it seems like he's he's in the biz and he's interested in it so yeah we'll keep you if they suck we'll let you know <laughs> or we'll just never talk transparency about okay. all right so um last week we had talked about a show and a film that we wanted to review so we're going to start with the show uh it was called shining girls it's on apple tv um directors are dana reed and Michelle McLaren and Elizabeth Moss, who tends to direct whatever show she's on. Yeah. I love that about her. Yep. Um, and uh, so obviously starring Elizabeth Moss, uh, Wagner Maura, I believe it is. Um, he's the Narcos guy. Hmm. That's I always every time I see him, he's the Narcos guy. Uh, Philippa Sue, Chris Chalk, Amy Brenneman, Jamie Bell, Erica Alexander. I mean, there's like a ton of people in this. Really good performances and, and good actors. Um 
it's a it's a a, a sci-fi type thriller yeah um i knew once i saw the trailer too i didn't even watch the whole trailer because you know that's how we do we just mm-hmm. get a little taste of it i was like i'm in it's elizabeth moss like i'm in and um it was a really it's a it's a it's a, the type of uh show that you you cannot walk away from like you can't miss things in that because you can lose yeah. a lot of details um so yeah you kind of have to pay attention yeah there's a, <laughs> you kind of have to pay attention yeah just a little bit um so what did what uh, go what did you i like this you know i had no idea anything about this show going in i went mm-hmm. in completely cold and um you know i i didn't know it, it, it being that i didn't come in i loved the kind of slow reveal of the sci-fi uh elements mm-hmm. to it so that was it's like i feel like i don't know if it was given away in the trailer if there was like a sci-fi edge to it all I don't um, even remember, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I love the reveal of it because I think it was like at the end of the first episode, I'm like, oh, man, you know, it'd be cool. And like <laughs> I just said the plot of this show. Um, so they kind of like did some good foreshadowing with that. And, um, you know, but then like I found myself watching it and I'm like, oh, oh, OK, so we're, we're here now. There's a sci fi element to it. And, I, and I'm, I'm loving it. But then I'm like, because it's filmed it's filmed and the tone of it is is such like it's not sci-fi in tone or or anything you know there's not like you know uh this futuristic vibe it's shot just like it would any of those like mayor of east town you know any Mm -hmm. kind of like drama that you know which is what i loved about it um and so i i was brought in and so i was hooked right away and so once I once you realize once I realized there was this interesting thing that happened in my head where once I realized there was a sci-fi element I'm like oh man how are they gonna handle this hmm. because they didn't get into the actual mechanics of the the sci-fi yeah time they travel never nature get into that at all which I kind of loved right well even even literally how it's done or whatever you know which they well they got they into, into how that. it existed but yeah. not like the and so I'm like oh great is there gonna be like a cave with a blue light or something yeah, yeah. that's gonna ruin this whole show but yeah. What they used to for that mechanic was so brilliant and so well done, and it kept it in this tone. You know, it didn't go super sci-fi. You know, it was like, um, it was just so good. And there's so many like unanswered questions still, right? There's so many things that I'm wondering still, and I'm hoping there's another season to kind of like I think they're supposed to flush out some of these things and see where it goes because there's the 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 blue track suit guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the glowing stuff in the bed and how does that relate to everything and so um i i don't know i found it so fascinating and um i thought it was really really probably be in my top five or ten at the end of the year i'm Mm. sure um because it was just it was so smart and well done yeah it was super creative i really liked i really liked that they that they made it more about the drama thriller than they did the sci-fi the sci-fi was sort of like this uh, this background element of the the story. Also, there's but, there's but being the main point too, you know, yeah, like yeah. So it was so interesting how they were able to kind of. It's just really subtle. Yeah. yeah, it was just really and and look, I I love a straight sci-fi as well, but there's just there's no shortage of those. You know, we get yeah, a lot yeah. of that, and then there is always that the we we reach a point in the story where we have to explain the actual mechanics of time travel, which is really really tricky. Um, because we don't, obviously we cannot time travel yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
it's sort of subjective, right? You could just sort of take scientific theories and create these these facts and truths and realities, but we don't really know. And so that's, you know, you have that leeway with it. But um, I always find that that sort of clouds the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I liked that it was just like, yeah, look, we get that they're jumping between time and, or, you know, that this character is jumping between time. Um, and uh, then, the, you know, they started to sort of like add characters in, like uh, I forgot her name, Janine from Handmaid's Tale is also yeah. in this with it. So obviously they're, their friends and um you know her character coming into her past but in the future and then go yeah, you know yeah. that whole thing was really interesting and uh I, I thought it was really well made uh there was a ton of women involved writers as well mm-hmm. um i didn't actually didn't give them their shout outs but there was there was you know there's a lot of writers uh, katrina albright lauren bukes uh, silka louisa naledi jackson uh there was alan page and um cursa rain uh so it it was you know you got a lot of female directors you got female writers um so it was was really cool to see you know Mm -hmm. a a good show um that like this is this is always the point you know i mean yeah i i did have to point out the fact that this was female a female-led production because we're you know far from having we're still we're we're really far from not having to mention it but the goal is to not have to mention it the goal is to just be able to be like this was a great show um, because, you know, those opportunities are just available. Um, but I think it's, it's awesome that, you know, that it's sci-fi, that it, it also had like this really dark element to it, um, because the guy is a, a serial killer. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I don't know, I just, I really liked it. I hope that they, I hope they do a season two. Yeah, because it's, and I don't know if they're going to fall into the trap of in season two having to explain the origin of this house mm. um, because, you know, spoilers, obviously, is the house is kind of the mechanism that is enables time travel. And it doesn't always work for everybody, which is interesting. There's only certain people that are able to utilize this because mm-hmm. you have to, like, think of a time and then go out the back door and then you're there or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, between this and Outer Range is another one. Mm. These kind of films that have yes. this sci-fi backdrop over like a, 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 a more uh, traditional narrative. Uh, I'm on board for it because it, it's, it, it, it kind of satisfies a, a broader audience, too, you know, because you have the sci-fi fans that will come. But then you also have the people that will watch it just for the drama. Well, so there's the gimmick move. of it. Like, I think a lot of yeah, the sci-fi... Gi- and I'm here for the gimmick. I love a good Yeah, you do gimmick. love your gimmick. You, you love your good gimmick, but that's the thing. A lot of, of your gimmicky sci-fi shows, I don't like those mm. shows because I find that... It, not to say... I'm not saying that they that they don't have good actors that give good performances, but I find the writing lacking and therefore there's just so much they can do with the character. And so it's very generic. There's nothing. So there's like no character stands out on those shows because I'm usually present when you watch them. And it's like I'm yeah. waiting for something to pull me in and they never do. It's like a, it's a it's like a popcorn movie. You know, it's like you're just there to kind of exist and see what cool sci-fi stuff they're going to do. What's the yeah. spaceship going to look like? What's their guns and ammo and weapons going to look like? You know, it's, but it's, I, I know that I'm never going to get a stellar storyline and I'm not going to get amazing performances because they're kind of dark is another dull. One. Yeah. Dull, well, dark, but that's what I'm saying. Like dark focused on, on, on the cinematic element, on the, the storytelling, on the right. details of that. It wasn't about all the bells and whistles of being sci-fi. Yeah. This was another one that did that. Outer Range was another one, right? Outer Range is really, it's a drama. 
Yeah. It's a thriller-ish, but more of a drama. And they yeah. focused on it being a drama with the exception of a singing. I still cannot. I will not with that. Uh, but <laughs> love that show. Cannot stand that part of it. But they focused on the drama aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so the sci-fi was only that much stronger when they brought it in. You didn't need to rely on it like you have to do with these. Like there's always battles in space, all the shows that you love. There's always some battle in space. Yeah. And that's really all I'm you know, focusing it's, it's, on. I'm like, that's all you're gonna give me a battle in space. There's gonna be a good there's gonna be a good side and a bad side. And then somebody that you thought that was bad is actually gonna be good. And then somebody that you thought was good is actually gonna be bad. It's always the same thing. Yeah. They still haven't been able to kind of crack, like, I love this stuff, but I also love gimmicky sci-fi, you know, more overt overt sci-fi, I should say. Mm. Uh, And and they still have, you know, there's very few shows, if any, that can really give me the tone and feeling of this type of show, but being more overtly sci-fi. And I wonder if it's because in the future we solve so many problems. So others outside of having interpersonal issues, which can be interesting... There's no real, like, societal issues, right? Because it's like... Because you're floating around. Yeah, there's really... There's nothing that they can't do, right? So you can't have a serial killer running around because you'll just be able to figure out who it is. And that's... You know what I mean? Like, there's no... You know, it's kind of like the cell phone thing, right? But that's what I'm saying is that there's no shortage of people flying around in space with issues, right? There's always some casualty and uh, disagreement going on in space as you float through space and so it's like maybe we've had enough of that but it they're just usually it's inevitable somebody else will make another show where they're doing the same thing it's like how about you bring this down to earth where it's like with these shows are like that's what i mean bring it back down and onto earth where it's like earth can still exist but there's whatever environmental issues i think also financially it's easier because it's like you build this set you don't have to worry about those elements. I don't have to worry about whether it's raining out or whether the light is right or whether it's snowing, right? Because we're in a set and we're floating around and everything else yeah. is CG'd and green screened and you just add your environment, insert environment here. Yeah. And then you're able to do that. So I, I get the the ease of that. But let's not forget that these sets are not cheap. Like when you're building an entire spaceship, you know, like these things cost money. So it's mm. not like... Oh well, I can I can base the story on Earth, where it's going to cost us uh, twenty million dollars, or we can make it in this spaceship for five hundred dollars. Like no, yeah, you're still having to build this set, and 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 the the thing with those is those, there's always crazy costuming. Everyone always has crazy hair and crazy makeup <laughs> because somehow yeah. this is a priority when you're floating through the chaos of space, mm-hmm. having like an interpersonal war with your uh, nemesis. Uh, so your your eyeliner has got to be on point. Yeah, you know your hair. You got to have a fade. Like everything's perfect. Somehow there's just time and resources for these things, and everybody's costumed up, and all of that costs tons of money. So I'm just like, if you're gonna spend that money, why not just create a a more unique story or yeah. something that's a little bit yeah, more creative? I like watching that stuff, uh, but it usually it breaks down to two components for me, where. Any of the interesting ones do this well, but most of them, they they really focus on personal relationships. You know, this is my daughter or son or mother or father or whatever, and now we're enemies and we have to fight or I have to save their life or whatever, you know, so it's always like a a personal story or political. It's a political story about Mm -hmm. the politics of -hmm. of the time and trying to figure things out. Um, And there's some shows that did that well, even in the realm of that, and they were like good shows. 
uh, but there's just so few of them, and and I feel like that tends to be a crutch in sci-fi sometimes. For me, anyway, my interpretation of it is it tends to be a crutch when you're always relying on personal drama and political drama. Yeah, it does start to wear out its welcome after a while because you become desensitized to it because it's like, all right, well. And because it's, it's, you know, you're in an unrelatable kind of situation, right? You know, this Shining Girls and Dark and, and Outer Range, you know, they're all relatable because. Tales from the Loop, like Tales all those from the types loop, of. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, it's very grounded. So you have that relatability, whereas when you're flying around in a spaceship, you can't really relate to that because, you know, we can't do that yet. Unfortunately. Or, yeah. Never in my lifetime. Um, okay, so... Um, rant yeah. over. Rant over. So we really liked the show. We hope there's a season two. Um, we usually give a bunch of stuff away. I don't think we got too detailed into it because there is a lot to jump into with that. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, we probably... I mean, we said there's a serial killer, but they kind of established that in the beginning. Yeah. It's pretty early on. Yeah. We get that. Um I will give one thing away, uh, Velasca. So you know what I liked, what I really liked about it. Uh, spoiler is uh, that it it kind of had that Game of Thrones esque feel, where I I didn't feel like anybody was ever completely safe, mm. and then Velasquez got taken out, and I was like, oh shit! Like I swore that guy was gonna make it till the end. Yeah. Um, so that was that was pretty crazy. It's, it brought the stakes up, you know, when 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 a show does that. So I yeah. do. I mean, it was like sad to see him go, but also it was just like, oh okay, we're 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 doing this now. Yeah. Um, so on Amazon, uh, prime or whatever the hell, um, I had seen, again, I saw the trailer. I watched, I think like three quarters of the trailer cause it was so good that I was like, I should shut this off, but I didn't want to. <laughs> um, so, and I still, it still didn't ruin it for me because it was a, it was the type of trailer that didn't give a lot away or uh -huh. too many of the details away. Um, so we rented a film called The Innocence. Uh, the director is Eskil Vot, also written by the same direct, uh, director writer. Um, there, uh, so we don't know any of these actors. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to. I, I don't even know if I should bother with the names honestly because I'm I'm probably <laughs> going to destroy every single one of them. So just go on IMDb, go on to the Innocence, and um, you know, good luck finding um, pretty much anyone. I think there's only two people that have an actual picture on IMDb because they don't give a shit about this in other countries in Europe. Yeah, like it is just not a priority to them. They're just like, we exist, we act. I don't care if you know who I am or not, um, which I love. Uh, so art driven outside. Of yeah. The so like first things first, the, when I watched the trailer, I was like, what is this? The cinematography was crazy. And I hate to, I, it sounds so pompous, right? When you're like the cinematography, I know how that sounds. Um, but I guess maybe because we've attended enough film fests where we've seen terrible cinematography that you're like, wow, that looks amazing. You know? And I just, I appreciate well, just inexperienced cinematographers. Yeah, but I just, I mean, like, I've I've seen pretty big budgeted films that just really didn't do it in this in, in the cinematography department, sure. but um, never terrible. One of the biggest issues that I've noticed in um, in the the improvement of of gear, as they say, and and camera equipment has been that uh, people start to rely too heavily on them. So you know, having an an, an amazing uh, image years ago was you know you that took a lot of talent because you had to learn how to work with lighting with a camera that was very limited and that's how you were able to create these yeah. this you know this beautiful scenery and then and, and, and 
color grading also added to that. Um, and then cameras started to get to a point where it's like you actually didn't have to work so hard with lighting because they took in light really well or they worked really well in low light and da 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 da. But then people got lazy. They were like, oh, the camera's going to do it for me. Um, and there's just so much even the best camera can do. You still you still have to work at it. Mm -hmm. Just maybe not as hard and you don't have you don't hit as many hurdles. But um, this film just looked really beautiful. And so I was kind of sucked in immediately. Um, also it's, you know, anything that's like European based is like usually if it's like sci-fi ish, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, it's yeah. going to be good. Um, I, uh, again, I, I didn't know any of these actors. Uh, they probably have like crazy careers, yeah. uh, that we just don't know about, you know, cause they're not famous here in the States. So, um, I really was, um, uh, I think they were in Norway, I want to say, mm. or the director's Norwegian, I believe. So I'm just going to say it was potentially Norway. Um, what I loved about this, uh, about the, the casting for this was that the, it's like, it's like he pulled kids from all walks of life, which I yeah. loved. Right. Cause yeah. when, you know, when you think of it, it's. It's really it's a stereotype that when we think of Norway, right, we think of like blonde hair and blue eyed people. But it's like any European country where there are lots of other lots yeah. of other cultures and ethnicities in there. Um, and so I loved that one of the characters. So the, the, the premise for this is that that these children have these abilities or that they have abilities that they don't even know about. Um, and so. I, as an American, waiting for the, because, you know, God forbid somebody not be like aesthetically perfect. Mm. I was like, what's the deal with the little girl who has the hyperpigmentation? Mm. Like that, that, I was waiting for them to say that something That's had happened. That's the source of her power. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That, that it sparked something and yeah. created that because we would never just cast somebody who has like high, hyperpigmentation of their skin. Mm. Um, well, we would, but it would be like, then they well, got we made fun of it. and then they yeah, became yeah. evil or something. Yeah, like it, that, yeah. It, we would always have to add some like weird trope to it and then like create this other, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I just love, because she was, you know, I'm not a kid person, but she was kind of adorable and, and I loved the character and um, I just love that, that he just cast real people. Um, I will say that the blonde girl was a little scary. <laughs> she, yeah. She had like, you know, like when a kid looks too much like a kid sometimes, I know that sounds really weird, but it was yeah. like, I don't know, you know, it's like how like dolls can be scary. She was kind of scary for me. I don't know why there was something about her. Like I, I swore she was going to like really go off the deep end. Mm -hmm. um, me too. I'm going to warn you that uh, I think I warned you guys last week because we had watched it. Uh, we had already watched it. Um, there is a scene with a cat that's all I'm gonna say. Um, if you're like me, I anthropomorphize. Jesus Christ, Ashia. Words. Anthropomorphize. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> For the love of Pete. Um, inanimate objects. So mm -hmm. something like uh, Toy Story is difficult for me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like if I have something for a long time and then I have to throw it out, I will uh, sort picture of attach a personality. It's crying on yes. the roadside. I picture like that Halloween decoration hmm. uh, developing human-like emotions and abilities and being like, what did I do? Yeah. Uh, so you can imagine like when anything like happens with animals and stuff, I'm like, no. 
uh, ironically, like, you know, they kill off a kid. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> kill oh, off people. Know, Fine. Yeah. Don't but don't hurt the animals, please. That's not something we would do here. What? We would never kill kids in movies here. Mm, the way that they did. Maybe. I mean, Star Wars did it, but um, the places that this movie goes was very interesting to me because it's it revolves around these kids, right? There's adults, but they're just kind of whatever. So mm-hmm. to me... I'm thinking of like, you can probably only shoot like six hours a day. So this is going to be like a, you know, I don't even know what the rules for kids filming over there. They have a little bit more time maybe, but yeah, or whatever it is, you know, but there's no over, you know, you can't, you can't, um, well, the crew must've been happy, right? Cause they're like short, short, (laughs) actual, but other countries when they film and stuff, they, they don't, first of all, they're not like here where they're just like, you know. 16 hour days and child labor law issues and they're just normal labor well we assume i mean anyway either way um it was it it gets very dark in terms of like how these kids you know you have uh, a mother killing their own kid and you have all these other kids killing another you know so there's a lot of like um a lot of kids dying not a lot but kids are dying in the in the film and i didn't expect it to go there at all like when the the mom kills her kid in the thing i was like i thought the little girl yeah i was like wow i can't believe they actually went there well and... there were yeah there weren't well two kids died right i think the kid on the yeah. bridge and then her and then him at the end well yeah but yeah. he was so here here's the thing that's the thing with kids and i and i understand kids are fickle and whatever but it's yeah. like the kids i i did question some of the motivations because it's like you saw that this kid was choking out your best friend and almost killed them and then you show up to like hang out with them the next day and it's like so i i i did wonder that as well and then you know i if if i have to like sort of tear this down and i don't know uh what the the motive was for for the the writer director there um but i feel like what they were trying to express was like the fact that no one is 100% bad, right? So right, this right. child is um, obviously comes from like a troublesome background. We never see the father. So I'm assuming, she, you know, it, she's a single mom mm-hmm. and she's abusive, right? So mm-hmm. this kid, uh, this kid's got issues. Um, but how much of that was inherited? You know, we, yeah. we'll never know. We'll never know if he had a predisposition for this type of behavior, which we would assume. Um one thing that I could see people maybe like going like, oh, you shouldn't. Um, and I understand it. But however, her, so her older sister and I'm just going to give like props here. I genuinely thought that the that the actor that they had cast was like autistic or had some type of learning disability because she like played that so convincingly. And I, I immediately was like, wow, I wonder how difficult this would have been. This is the problem is that when you have somebody who has like super high sensory, you can't direct a person like this, yeah. right? Because they're not able uh, to, to even um, handle some of a lot of the sounds that we can handle because mm-hmm. they're, they're super sensitive to it. So um, again, it's like when you have a character that's like, well, this character needs at some point, either in a flashback or in the future, needs to be able to up and run. So I can't cast somebody in a wheelchair yeah. because I obviously can't make that happen. Um so because the the casting was so uh, diverse, I thought, wow, did he manage to like hire somebody who had like this higher level of autism? Like, and then I looked up the actor and I was like, no, she just like, 
And I appreciated that she got a lot of those mannerisms. I mean, the fact that I thought she actually had autism was like, I... (laughs) I yeah. don't know how the hell she did it. It was yeah. really, really, and um, uh, just the 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 acting all around for the children. You know, kids are tricky because they usually don't give you a lot. I find like child actors are usually great or not no, so not great. great. Yeah, there's no there's no gray area with child actors. You either got a kid that like freaking steals a performance, or you've got kids that you're like, oh, like um, what was that show that we're watching? With the kid superhero, the, the raising kid, Dion. Yeah, like the kids are like not great actors in that, um, and it's like except the girl. The girl was there. Yeah, the girl's a good actor, but you know, I remember us the you know just being like, I feel like these kids just need more experience. Hmm. I don't like. I believed these kids one hundred percent. I don't know yeah. how much acting experience they had, but they were so so fluid and so natural with one another. Just like uh, what kids do a lot of the time is they will deadpan a camera because they're not used to having a camera in their face if they don't have a lot of experience but But i felt like like we were sort of it was like this weird voyeuristic thing you know like it felt wrong sometimes like you were just sort of like um intruding on on like a a relationship you know that i don't know yeah It, it was really 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 good yeah a lot of that is you know the 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 kids obviously they're in their their talent but then you never know, like, is is it, are these kids actually actors that can perform that well? Or or did the director do a good job at making these kids feel at ease and give them room to play? And uh, I don't think uh, any kid is that good at, at being at ease because they're like, kids yeah. are just naturally inquisitive and there's cameras all around them and they're going to want to, you know, I mean, we don't know what was going like on behind the scenes if they were hard to kind of wrangle. I mean, they're kids. Um, and I mean, adults are hard they're, to wrangle. They're pretty so. young too, so. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There was just there was a, a very natural state in their in their uh, their acting that I just thought was really really good, and they did such a good job at portraying that innocence. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting to see how the parents were sort of in the foreground, mm. but also in the they were in the they were on the for the forefront. Mm. But then also in the background, does that make sense? That like, because the focus was like their relationship with their parents. So the parents were a big part of it, but they also weren't. Yeah. I I don't know how to, I don't know how he managed to to do that. But it was like with a lot of these movies, right? It's like where you either focus on being the parent, right? And how you deal with these kids and what these kids are doing or becomes all about the kids and then the parents don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, it was like they, they managed to, like when when uh, the, the sister started to communicate and you're seeing the parents like go through this emotional roller coaster of like hearing her talk because she had been speaking and then stopped speaking. I think three, I want to say, I don't know why that number sticks out, but like at a young age, she stopped speaking and then was nonverbal. Yeah. And she's now what? I don't know how old, 10, 11, 12, 11, something, uh, maybe 12, 12 ish, 13, 12, 13. Yeah. Why did I say 10? She definitely wasn't 10. I thought of her as being younger. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, she's starting to verbalize with the help of the little girl. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that like that, watching that was really cool um but just like just them on this you know like on the stairwell kind of interacting yeah, and like, being silly but, yeah and... that stuff but like that the, the the whole cat scenario was kind of weird for me because 
I wouldn't know. I didn't see it. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> Just, but I couldn't. The, but it goes to the motivations that because that was the I think the one kind of thing for me is I didn't really clearly understand motivations and it it could be just a cultural thing but I don't know but it's just weird that you have these kids that are all about like let's drop this cat down 50 flights of stairs but Ugh. then but then when <gasps> I the, didn't need the details but then when the kid goes to like do whatever to it then that's that's too far for the other kids and it's like well I don't really I wonder, like that's still the I wonder if it's if it's a, a a kid's inability to really it's just understand, just a cultural thing. It's not like other kids enjoy that, but you it know, was just like you know the how they kill cats in Norway. Consistent <laughs> with the, and I understand kids are like that. They don't really understand the that's what the results thinking. of their actions. But I'm thinking that for them, I don't even want to think about it. But I'm going to just sort of try a little bit. Is that it's the initial curiosity of like assuming nothing will happen and then seeing the aftermath of what has happened. And so for her, it's like, oh, wait, well, he has more of a, a bit of a sadistic streak. He's an angrier type of uh, person. Yeah. So it doesn't affect him. He sort of, he, he gets high off of that control where she's all of a sudden like, oh, that maybe wasn't a good idea, but then mm -hmm. also not really grasping the concept of finality, you yeah. know, because they don't really understand death. Yeah. Um, and thinking that somehow that will be okay. Um, and I think her going back to play with him goes into the initial insecurity that she, insecurity she had when they moved. And she was like, I don't have any friends here. Yeah. I don't know anybody. And so it's that thing. Look, we've all had that friend that we know we shouldn't hang out with. And that's in our teens when we, sh when we know better than a six or seven year old. You know, we've, we all, we've all hung out with that person that's problematic and that we've made excuses for because we see a good side in them or because they're funny or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, wow, I really shouldn't have yeah. like interacted with this person. So I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Although there is a side of her that knows better, she's also really craving the, the camaraderie that she gets by having this group of friends. And um, so I, I kind of appreciated that whole aspect of it. The thing, I, I guess maybe the battle at the end was a little bit like lackluster for me. I thought yeah. that like he would be taken out differently, but it was all, but at the same time, it was really sort of grim, right? That this kid's just dead yeah. on a swing yeah. while all these other kids around him and like no one's even really realizing for a little bit that this kid has died. Yeah. Um, and just I guess like I don't know if that was there was supposed to be like metaphoric that there was just like the how quickly and insignificant he became you know yeah in that moment that he had so much power and it was at the height of all of that yeah. and then all of a sudden and I'm assuming that I wasn't imagining that that he was sort of implying that the kids sort of had a, a power all of them in a way yeah more right? kids came out to kind of at first you think it's that you don't know what's happening but then i feel like all of these kids came out to kind of take care of this problem kid but so it was like that too was just kind of like wait what like how do they know what's going on and i think it was just the present that the idea was that it was the presence that that all children again i think it's a metaphor right where it's yeah, not yeah, like I'm that sure, they're all but... that they all have superpowers but it's that all kids contain good and bad mm -hmm. right and so that in that moment, all the kids being there was just like this sort of inner ability that children have or this, the, you know, this sixth sense, if you will, yeah. or that, 
you know, uh, because again, and my question was like, when do you lose that? Because the parents didn't seem, they, they were completely susceptible to whatever the kids were doing yeah, or yeah. the kid was doing. Yeah. So, you know, there is that whole thing where you say, you know, you lose that innocence. And so I wonder, like, if that was also part of it, that it was that we we all had this ability at one point, even yeah. the parents, but that, you know, you grow up and you lose that sense of whimsy or whatever. And then you lose this power, perhaps. Mm. May, may have jumped so far over the fence, I'm in another town. I don't know. <laughs> but that was just kind of what I had taken from that. Yeah. I all the the main thing that I took from it also was to never have children. Well, yeah, I mean, you they'll kill you in the kitchen, <laughs> you know. That's kind of the, what I took from it. <laughs> if you're mean to your kids, they'll kill you. They'll in the pop kitchen. you over the head with a a pot of hot dogs. On you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, don't have kids. <laughs> You've um, been warned. Yeah. Don't say we didn't warn you. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that, you know, so there, I mean, there was like a moment where I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I would have probably like just taken all these kids out. <laughs> They're yeah. all start over. Yeah. This, the whole batch, something went wrong here. Yeah. Um, but it, I thought it was really creative. Um, you know, whatever, like little nitpicky things I may have had is just like, you know, whatever that's personal taste. And, but I, I just thought overall it was really creative. I loved yeah. it. It was just seemed like an original idea. Watch me find out this was a book or something. I don't know. Um, but I thought it would make a great book if it wasn't. That would be a really yeah, cool book to get into the details of that. Yeah. Um, does that ever happen? It goes the other way. Yeah. I just That just made me think here. Now, we always have books that are uh, adaptations of films that are adaptations of books. But have we ever gone in the opposite direction? Have we ever gone, you know, what would be really cool is if this movie had like 384 pages of detail. Yeah. Somebody was like on it. Yeah. Got it. Let's do that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was I thought it was very creative and and uh, I think you should check it out. Just be warned about 20 minutes in is the cat scene. Like I said, until this fine specimen here gave me the details of how the cat was killed. I didn't even know how the cat was killed. I just didn't. It wasn't, I, well, it wasn't killed that way. It just that. shut your yeah. face is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, I had my eyes closed and my ears pinched so hard. So I, I just didn't want to see that it's um, not real you know like uh, <laughs> cat wasn't actually hurt well i think it was cg most of it i i i think if i had to guess that i like because so much there was so much like uh there were so many um you know little details and you know metaphorical things going on that i i feel like that that scene the big question is why why this like why did yeah, this yeah. have to be in here um they did that shit in that film gummo too i did like i was like no no why um and i i would bet dollars to donuts as the kids say <laughs> do they yeah that's what the kids say okay. they that that the director director writer would be like oh this was supposed to like spark an emotion in that like we have more compassion for the animal than the children or something like that. Um, it, it, he'd be correct. I do. I did when they, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The little girl, that was tough because uh, I liked her and, and that was, I felt bad for her and the mom. Yeah. Um, but you know, overall I'm like, whatever, like I know they're not killing children. It's just a movie, but even, even if it's just a movie, I don't like to yeah. see well, the, it's, it's, it, the it animals. Speaks to that thing of, you know, when kids are young and, and they kill animals, they usually grow up to kill people, you know, and, um, I think it probably spoke a little bit to that. 
I wonder how true that is. I feel like there's probably a, a, a shockingly large amount of people that will admit that they in, I don't in think, their youth not understanding right the, the, i don't think it's ne- the correlation isn't necessarily like kids that kill animals will, will kill people but i feel like the correlation of that people that grow up to kill other people probably fucked with animals when most they were young. of them well most serial serial killers are abusive towards animals because it's a control issue and mm-hmm. it's easier to control an animal than it is a person obviously um but i think i think that um uh i'm no way in no way making light of like a child killing an animal but i think like there's a difference between like a kid shooting a bird with a bb gun and not really and being young and being too young to have a bb gun and not really understanding the the consequence of that and then a kid that does that repeatedly like that's you know when you get into serial killer mentality is when like they do this many times. They enjoy doing it, and mm. then they start taking the insides out. Now we've got a pro- we've got a very big problem here. Yeah. We had a problem before because we have to explain and uh, uh, really sit down and go deep into like you've taken a life, and this is not good, and you have to understand that this is not make believe. And movies are di- blah blah blah. It's different when you know there's there's animals being gutted. Uh, we 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 need some serious meds at this point. Yeah. Um, or like a cattle prod. I don't know whichever comes first. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, no, we do not have any biological children together. And yes, it is it is a good it is good that we don't. Um, yeah. So what I take away from this film, creative, innovative, uh, sci-fi, but not too sci-fi again. Mm-hmm. Right. We love that. We love a subtle sci-fi and uh, don't have kids. Yeah. Kids are evil. Kids will kill you. Kids will kill you. They'll kill you with hot dogs. I don't That's know. All we have to say. That's all we have to say about that. Shout outs. MoGraph. MoGraph. I don't know what's going on next week. We're going to probably do another review, like I said. Then we have a guest. Hopefully everything goes as planned and we don't have to reschedule anything. And then you'll get a break from our stupid uh, reviews and, and thoughts on, on things that you don't care about. I don't know. Maybe you care about it. Maybe you don't. Uh, Who we knows? Only, we got one shot at this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to do what we do. Um, also, if you have a film um, that uh, has good audio... Um, <laughs> Please send it our way or if you have any recommendations. Um, if it doesn't have good audio and you know that, just give us a little a little forewarning and, be, you know, you could be like, I'm aware. Just put yeah. that in the subject. I am aware. And yeah. we'll know what that is. We'll know what you mean. And, uh, you know. So here's what happened. Our it, audio. <laughs> exactly. Um, not saying that we're not willing to entertain it, but like you got to you got to tell me what happened. happened, right? You know, you could you could be on set and then all of a sudden you lose all the cards with the audio on it and then you have to ADR it or tell me that tell me yeah. the horror story. But, you know, just don't don't send me that uh, as is. And uh, so the horror stories like that are what for the what interests me about filmmaking, because I I love hearing what people have to do overcome i love to, to i love to hear what went wrong on your set yeah. but i love hearing what people have to overcome in order to get the thing finished you yeah know, whatever it is and and when it becomes something extraordinary like wiping all of your audio data or something like that then it's even more intriguing because it's it forces you to become more creative and figure out how to problem solve that yeah yeah but i'm just saying like you know give us the warning so we know um yeah Learning from our mistakes, right? Am I right? Bye. Bye. Bye.